Tectorama episode 692. Too much coffee leads to hypertext. <laughs> Hey, welcome uh, to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Where have you been? This is episode 692. My name is Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, and if you're returning, welcome back. Didn't mean to skip over our returning patrons. That's right. Thank yeah. you for coming back. The door is always open. You can cross the velvet rope with confidence and pay no attention to that man out front. Oh, that'd be Craig. How are you, Craig? Yeah. Is your name on the list, sir? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm doing good. Actually, we were drinking water right when we started. I was going to put a little ventriloquism, you know, and try and do your voice. Over. I know when the 10 second video, uh, the audio clip ends. <laughs> I know. I think we've done it enough. <laughs> How's your week? Um, it's been pretty good, actually, or was pretty good. So. Looking forward to this, the next week, it's going to be a little busy, but you know. Thanks. A little short we'll too. We've got Friday off again. We do? You don't check your calendar very often, do you? I didn't check on that one. Well, what's. Veterinarian's okay. Day. Oh, Veterinarian's Day? <laughs> no, it's Veterans Day on Friday. I'm sure my dogs would appreciate it too. Don't you get those things at the beginning of the year that says, here's the calendar of service now holidays, I, and then you load I them up? Go- I actually go uh, look at our work calendar, but I I haven't I didn't look at it last week. Well, you probably would have reported for work. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> I no, I never feel like I never I, feel like I'm off. I you was know, just really. working, you know, doing some work work, but it was fun work. So just before the show started, like, yes, yeah. I'm making progress on this, and I really want to finish this up. I, I I have a need to finish this work before our new hire starts on the 14th or 13th, whatever it is that Monday. And I'm, yeah, that'll be the 14th. I'm, 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 because I don't want to let it drag on and on and on and on. We've already, you know, we're, we're behind the eight ball. One of our yeah. meetup.com changed their rest, they, they deprecated rest and started using GraphQL. Only we missed the memo in January. And they oh, deprecated. Did you not check the website. They turned it the website, Chuck? off. They turned it off in uh, April, right before our conference. We're like, I don't have time to work on this. We yeah. Earl and I touched base in late June and started poking at it, going, I kind of understand what's going on, but I have no idea what it's going to take to rebuild it. So I've been spending the last two, three weeks learning all I can about GraphQL and implementing it the proper way so I can get rid of a lot of scripting and hard-coded stuff and just doing it upright. And this afternoon, I spent a lot of... I got I got the APIs working. Now I got to put the APIs into a different application. And that's where I'm having fun because I don't know much about somebody else's application that hasn't been touched in about three years. So I don't think I've, I don't think I've done anything in GraphQL before. I've only used REST. Yeah, hmm. I'll give you a rundown of it sometime. It's got advantages and it's got some unique quirks, I'll say. And right. it's hmm. anybody who tells you, oh, it's great because it's only one endpoint. It's like, that's a bunch of hooey. I could write a REST API that's only got one endpoint too, but that's not the point. We, <laughs> well, I have to explain this to you later, but we do have a, a um, one endpoint that can make a bunch of different types of calls. I mean, you still got to change the endpoint for the method, right? If you got to get a post to delete, you get a, a point well, patch. Right. Yeah. But 
everything in GraphQL is a post, by the way. We're not here to talk about GraphQL or let you know what it is. It, it, it's, a, it's just an API between the client browser making requests for data from the server. Oh, it's, let's, it's, let's talk it, about it. It's an HTTP let's... protocol. But let's get on with our feedback for the week. So Feedback? Yeah, we asked a question last time. Letters, oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Brought to you by letter F. Mr. Mailman, what you got for us today? I'm rapidly trying to open that voicemail that I forgot to open before the show started. <laughs> so, oh, let me see if this works. Answer your question of the week. What's up, Doc? What about the Westerly Wellick? Okay. I'll be back. <laughs> so that was an answer to our question of the week. Our question of the week last week was... Oh, right. Yes. What uh, what fictional character can be identified by one quote? And they said, uh, what's up, Doc? In there. It was, it was a bit hard to understand. In fact, Google Translate couldn't yeah. figure it out. And then they said, yeah. I'll be back. Uh, I thought there was a third one in there, but I didn't hear it. But uh, yeah, so, okay, we got Bugs Bunny, which is a good one. And, and a lot of the ones that I wrote were around cartoons as well for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gary Lindros writes, elementary dear Watson, which of course is, uh, you know, Mr. Clean. No, I'm just kidding. Mr. Clean doesn't talk. <laughs> Mr. Clean. <laughs> Marcel, Marcel, I kid. <laughs> what else do you have? Let's see. I think I lost my place. Uh, well, give me read Steve London's. Oh, you, you, you skipped London's way there. down the list. Go ahead. Yeah, he said, oh, so many to choose from. He says, his three. All these moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. I know Ooh. that's from uh, Blade Runner. Oh, good for you. Ah, the pitter-patter of tiny feet on huge combat boots. In huge combat boots. I mean, in, yes. What is that? That's a... Uh, I'm, I know it. I can't... Mm. We're going to have to Google that's that. That's not Little Soldiers, is it? No, 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 no. no. Uh, and then, of course, he's got, game over, man! Game over! You got, you're going to say right. the right way. That's right. And one bonus, play hard, you'll forget the fear. Shall, uh, shallow and salute for, uh, uh, Juggers, Rugger mm. Hauer. Okay. I'm going to read a couple more. I, Weber has That's a not. has a deep one. I don't know if everybody would get this. If you didn't say it right, because it just says it's green. But if you say it like this, I'm sure most people will get it. It's green. <laughs> Well, Data said it too. When he, it, <laughs> no, Data said um, it is green. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. That's fine. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, Tim Callender says Bond, James Bond. Well, it, the quote kind of gives away who he's talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Jack has one. Again, these are, the, you, you have to be able to hear them, and we're reading them. So, if you just read it and it said, I find your lack of faith disturbing, of course, mm. is nowhere near, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> Let me tell you about the good news. Uh, <laughs> I have a timeshare available for you and the rates are going up. 
<laughs> you got fun. another one? You... Um, oh, did I miss one? Let's see. There's several in here. We were, I don't John know. Kratzer says, damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. And, of course, another one on here. I'll be back. This one's kind of self-evident when you when you say your name, like you know what Tim said about Bond, James Bond. This one says, yeah. I'm Batman. That's right. <laughs> it's a little self-evident. And then, yeah, uh, there's, there's lo- no, uh, you know, theater of the mind there. Lone Guy's Night says, I shall call him Mini-Me. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, I got a whole bunch on my list. Wow. Okay. People, people, I shared it and people jumped right in. Brian Parker says, vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Very good. That one's a little, little better. Uh, and I replied, Shrek, right? Right. Because <laughs> Shrek drinks some vodka martinis. Yeah. A little earwax. <laughs> Richard Green gave me an animated gif. Seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> John Miller Jr. said, I'm going to see if I can do this as uh, Optimus Prime. Autobots, transform and roll out. There you go. That's not too bad, I don't think. Autobots. Oh, by the way, you were talking about, I didn't know. Did you have some more? I think you oh, did. I on got your... lots. I got lots. Richard Green yeah, also says, I'll be back. And I'm Batman. Uh, Sean Brockman says, I aim to misbehave. Hmm. Uh, my... Sister-in-law Terry says, phone home. Who said that? <laughs> John Wayne, of course. <laughs> John Wayne. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> he No, he was, he was fictional, so you kind of have to go with that. Yeah, well, he was fictional. Yeah. Uh, my, my three that I threw in just off the top of my head were, you rang. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Uh, yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> oh, we're going to need a bigger boat. And and zoinks, zoinks. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There he runs. Yeah. My sister says it's so fluffy. Oh it's man, so fluffy. I don't know where where you get that one. Star Trek. That was the no. Wasn't that the Tribbles when they're eating the Tribbles? <laughs> no, that's it. Tickles. <laughs> Michael from work says. Well, hello there. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but that's how I'm reading it. Oh, what was that guy's name? He was on the McDonald's commercials. Well, oh, no, he's, uh, oh, what was he? Oh, crap. I'm, I'm messing it up now. What was his name? I don't know. He guess it. Yeah. Uh, never mind. I sound stupid I'm trying to figure it out on the fly. Uh, my sister, my, excuse me, my sister, my cousin, Loriana says, I am your father. Boy, we got a lot of Star Trek, or Star Wars stuff going on, don't we? I know. Uh, her brother John says, "Here's Johnny." I wonder why John would say, "Here's Johnny." Hmm. He says, "Movie, not the late night variety show." <laughs> <laughs> right. He also threw in, "We're going to need a bigger boat." <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll get a few more of good. those as as the weeks go on. Sometimes hey. people respond to things that are two, three weeks old. So, by the way, you um, you mentioned Google Voice not being able to make out the translation on that voicemail. Yeah. Well, the other day I was watching Back to the Future and I turned on the the closed captioning. You know, I'm going to share my screen real quick just so you can see. So 
and of course, I'll read uh, read it for everybody at home. All our podcast listeners. Yeah, so here you go. So right in the parking lot of uh, Twin Pines Mall, you know, it says the temple displacement occurred exactly at one at one twenty Aerosmiths. Keep Christ Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, the temple, what? the temple displacement <laughs> occurred exactly one twenty Aerosmiths. Keep Christ. Okay, now can you tell me what the real line is supposed to be? Yeah, the, the, the temporal temporal displacement, displacement occurred at exactly one twenty. Uh, one twenty. Uh, I'm trying to remember what for Aerosmith, and then and then Marty starts saying, "Jesus Christ, where's you know?" Starts talking about Einstein, <laughs> the temp- temple displacement. <laughs> A- Amy Amy says the uh, it's so fluffy. Is the littlest girl from Despicable Me, which I still haven't actually watched. I just know the oh. names. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, great. Technorama has an OnlyFans page. Mmm. No, no no host, just the fans. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Do you know what OnlyFans is? No. Okay, move it along then. Is that like Spatula <laughs> City where you only get to buy fans at the OnlyFans store? No, not exactly. Mm-hmm. It's for celebrities that have, or social media influencers, whoever, that have... And OnlyFans account, people pay to get access to the account, and they get special content. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that our Patreon people? It's it's, it's not family-friendly. Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Technorama so. Blue. We air this after 10 p.m. <laughs> we paid the eight bucks. For the blue check mark? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. What were you talking about? I was talking about when when comedians say come back at eleven for our our blue show, you know, so they can swear. You know, they have like an early show and a late show, and the early show is kid yeah. friendly and the late show is not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, wow, we are off. Let's <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> oh boy. Craig is saying things that I have no idea, and I'm saying things that Craig has no idea. So that must mean it's time for the history. Where's the volume control? On this day in history for November 9th, 2022, this is the 313, there's a 13 in there, a 13th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 52 days remaining. That's how many cards there are in a deck. So if you start peeling cards off the deck, you'll be out by the end of the year. It was on this date in 1620 that the Pilgrims board the Mayflower site Land Ho at Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And also on November 9th, 1906, Theodore Roosevelt was the first sitting president of the United States to make an official trip outside of the country. It did so to inspect progress on the Panama Canal. How'd that turn out? He was sitting as he went traveling. Okay. Also on this date in 1960, Robert McNamara is named president of the Ford Motor Company, the first non-Ford to serve in that post. A month later, he resigned to to join the administration with the newly elected John F. Kennedy. Well, that didn't last long. 55 years ago today, NASA launched the unmanned Apollo 4 test spacecraft atop the first Saturn V rocket from Florida's Cape Canaveral. Kennedy. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Kennedy, excuse me. Wow. Yes. We just said Kennedy. I'm so I'm so used to saying Canaveral, you know, Cape Canaveral, you know, or whatever. Yeah. What era do you live in, Space Boy? <laughs> the space one. Also yeah. today in 1979, the NORAD computers and the Alternate National Military Command Center in Fort Ritchie, Maryland, detected purported massive Soviet nuclear strike. After reviewing the raw data from the satellites and looking out their windows, checking the early yeah. warning radars, the alert was canceled. Would you like to play a game? Yeah. And they had to unplug Whopper. How about so a nice game of global thermonuclear war? Yeah. 37 years ago today, Garry Kasparov, 22, of the Soviet Union, became the youngest world chess champion by beating fellow Soviet Anatoly Kaparov. Wow. Peaked at 22. Where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It was also on this date in 1994 that the chemical element Darmstadium, Darm, Darmstadium, but there's a D and a T in there I'm having trouble with, but uh, that was discovered Darm- in 1994. Sounds like- it sounds made up, doesn't it? it, it well, it's named after the city in Germany, Darmstadt. I know. I no, just said it, it, it sounds made up there. And it was 18 years ago today that Firefox 1.0 was released. And guess what? You, I was there. You still have it running on your Windows ME system. <laughs> I, re- I refuse to upgrade. Yeah. It was good enough for it beat out IE6, right? It was also on this date in 2005 that the Venus Express mission of the European Space Agency was launched from the Baikonur Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan. Oh, Kazakhstan, we have the greatest (laughs) potassium in all the world. Yes. And Gail Borden, American surveyor and publisher, invented condensed milk, which is not related to uh, their career, uh, invented condensed milk and was born on that same date in 1801. We didn't even do the happy birthday part. You jumped right over the What did I do? I was still talking about Kazakhstan and you jumped over. Happy birthday goes out on this date to (laughs) Dutch physician and poet Johannes Narcius born on this date in 1580 and then of course Gail Borden Gail Borden invented condensed milk. Well, look, that's what I'm saying. It's not even related to the career that they had, a surveyor and publisher. Well, they're an inventor. No, true. Okay. All right. Well, they are because they, yes. You've heard of Borden Born, Dairy Products, right? I know. I know. Elsie the Cow. I know. I'm just saying uh, they later labeled him as a Moving right along. I'm trying to make my point. Anyway, born November 9th, 1880, English architect, design. The red telephone box and Gil, as Gil Gilbert, uh, Gilbert you Scott massacred that one. Whatever, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Giles, the person who invented the red telephone yeah. box in the UK, those iconic things. He also invented uh, cheese. Theodor Kaluza, the German mathematician and physicist, was born on the same date in 1885. And German mathematician, physicist, and philosopher. Hermon, Herm, Her, Human, Human. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how you do with this four-letter last name. Herman Whale. No. Was born on this date in 1885. Vio. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. He doesn't care. No vile. He's not That's around anymore. Vile. W e y l. Okay, moving right along. Arthur Rudolph, the German scientist. I'm trying to make my point here. Yeah. 
<laughs> Arthur Rudolph, the German scientist and engineer, was born 116 years ago today. And Hedy Lamar. Hedley! Mayor- it's Hedley Lamar. Hedley. What'd I say? Hedley. Oh, I'll put an L in there. No, it is Hedy, Hedy- Lamar. I'm making a. Wow, making a. I thought I said it right. You did, did say it right. I was okay. throwing in a joke from. Oh, God. Oh, from Mel Brooks. Saddles. Yes. Yeah, Metal Brilliant Saddles. Yes, I know. Hedy Lamar. It's Hedy Lamar. It's Hedley Lamar. No, the, yeah. the real. We just ran out of music. The real Hedy Lamar. Yeah. All right, so Hedy Lamar, Amer- Austrian American actress and inventor, was born on that same date in 1914. Nobody does podcasts like this. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it. Born yeah. November 9, 1934, American astronomer, astrophysicist, and cosmologist yes. Carl Sagan. I swear, cosmologist. I keep wanting to say cos- cosmetologist or something. Cos- cosmologist. 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 Yes, that's right. Cosmetologist. Also born on that same date in 1951, American bodybuilder and actor, and I've met him before, Lou Ferrigno. Pretty Lou cool Ferrigno is now 71. Yes, and he's still he solid. Still, I mean, he's he still kick your butt. So also turning 58 today is American actor, director, producer, Robert Duncan McNeil, Tom who Paris? is... Tom Paris? Tom Paris. I mean, he's going to sign my collectible plate. I, I was going to say, I got the plate to... Uh, uh, to <laughs> Listener birthdays this week go out to no, uh, John Noble from the island. He's born November 10th. That's our John Noble. November 13th, a couple of birthdays. Pippa from London, UK. Wow, haven't heard from Pippa in a long time. And Jennifer Therian. Hey, that last name sounds familiar. The 15th has Jack Breller. Uh... Crazy Joe and Christine's daughter. Oh, Jackie. I'm sorry. Jackie Brawler. And also Chuck Jolly, a.k.a. Nightstar. So, Crazy Joe's putting his whole family in here. Happy birthday to all of you. If it's your birthday this week and you're not on a calendar, well, we wish you all the best. And if you want to get on the calendar, Craig just is going to throw a link up there. Wait a minute. Do a drunk. Fred says do a drunk technorama. Mm, no. I think they are doing a drunk technorama. <laughs> the only people who can do a drunk technorama sober. That's right. There you go. Maybe we should do one live at Dragon Con or something like that. Chuckchat.com slash birthday is when you get the is how you get on the birthday calendar. So go over there. We'll get you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. Let's move on with some news with a random Good startling news, everyone. Okay. Well, this one's somewhat interesting. Craig went out and found us a half dozen or so news stories for this week. We're finally to the yep. news. Oh my gosh, it's twenty minutes into the show. Uh no, it's twenty seven. Well, yeah, twenty two, I guess. Twenty two. We, we're 27 into the live broadcast. If, you, if you're not tuning in live on Sunday nights, you're missing out some of this crazy. I started night. to say, well, we were screwing around before we started recording, but uh, it sounds like we're screwing around afterwards, too. <laughs> I was going to say this. Doesn't stop. Okay. That's right. So from SingularityHub.com, we have a new story about a, well, I'm just going to call it a super plant. It supposedly cleans indoor air like 30 regular plants. Which, you know, is great if you can't take care of plants, you're killing 30 at a time. Oh, what they've done is they've, uh, they've, they've engineered this with like DNA and whatnot. And the part that usually absorbs carbon dioxide and whatnot, mm-hmm. well, they went out and taught it to suck up nasty chemicals, like things that come out of your carpet and, and upholstery and furniture and whatnot. 
like formaldehyde, benzene, toluene, and xylene. You know all that good stuff? This plant will will suck it up. I can only imagine what this what this plant will become as it grows. It's probably gonna be some like plastic hey, hybrid. After, after a long weekend, you come in and it's got it's all big and you know <laughs> deformed. It's gonna move it around. So. Right. It's gonna be a little hush, little shop of horrors for you in there. See more. Feed me. So normally plants use photosynthesis, of course, as we <laughs> learned in third grade chemistry plant <laughs> science class. Right. Feed me. They use photosynthesis to convert carbon dioxide, water, and sunlight into glucose and oxygen. One of the more important enzymes for photosynthesis is Rubisco. Uh, that's not a cracker company or anything. <laughs> that's I see the elves are it's lining up now. <laughs> found in the plant's photosynthetic factories, chloroplasts, and is responsible for the first step in process of turning carbon from CO2 into sugars. Now, these new plants, they're calling neoplants, and the, the, this first one's called Neo1. They figured out how to edit uh, a common house plant called pothos, or pothos, P-O-T-H-O-S, it's, you've probably seen it. It's that green leafy viney thing that is really hard to kill. So they purposely picked that one because it's hard to kill. You don't have to water it very often. And if, if you forget, you're not too bad off. In fact, you're only supposed to water this thing like once every three weeks, but you are supposed to weekly put in some drops to keep the bacterial biome healthy. And uh, the, 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 the tricky part is that it's rather pricey. It costs about 30 times more than a regular house plant. So, you know, the, 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 the article uh, on the bottom says, uh, one question I have is, how will I know if the plant is working? Presumably, if it's growing, it means it's cleaning the air. But how can I really be sure I wasn't sold a regular plant and that my Neo 1 is maintaining its effectiveness over time? That's a fair question to ask because this yeah. could be a big old scam and this company is just sort of selling these cheap plants for a lot more money. I think they said what was like yeah. $185 for one of these things. Like, ooh, I think I'll go over a friend's 179, house. 179, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go over a friend's house and take a clipping. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting story about... Well, well, uh, it, it's nice to see that we're looking at the science of cleaning up our planet through things like this. Will it output more oxygen than normal? Yeah, it just kind of goes... <sighs> Like, Ooh, that's some good oxygen. Yeah, no, but it mocks you incessantly. <laughs> it's not really oxygen. If hey, you've I got... gotta say, our our chat room is uh, doing good, lively tonight. Extra oxygen could mean extra chances of explosion when you light candles. <laughs> that's right. Have Roomba, you don't have to recharge. It doesn't clean the carpets for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Keebler elves on Adderall. That's Rubisco. <laughs> That's what you get when you cross your cracker company with Rohypnol. <laughs> anyway, should we go on to another story? Yeah, let's move along. From sciencealert.com, we've got a... They, they titled this as This Single Blood Test Can Detect Multiple Kinds of Cancer Early. What they should have written it as This Single Blood Test Could Detect Multiple Kinds of Cancer Early. If you if you watch the video and read through the article, this is still in its early formative stages. But what they're right. detecting is that all cells in the body 
when they die, they shed DNA. Therefore, there's this free-floating DNA in your bloodstream. Even the cancer cells are shedding DNA, and you can detect this. Now, they're very small. The article goes into this whole thing about pregnant women, and uh, this one lady was detected with cancer because she was uh, giving birth, and they went, hey, wait a minute, uh, we've detected something, and you're no longer pregnant. I went, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> so what they're what they're saying is, it, it could be it, that you no longer have to do these invasive procedures. Like yeah. when I was, when they suspected I had prostate cancer, they had to go in and do this rather invasive procedure. And it takes six weeks to heal from that. So is that the, you, one, the biopsy where they kind of stick the little. They, they take 12 probes and they go. Like, okay. I, I didn't want to be awake for any of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Oh, it, you, know, you think about bone marrow cancer. You know, it's like, wow, you know, they really got to do some deep digging for that one too. Yeah. So if you could get a lot of this, if this, if this goes the way that this is predicting through a blood test, through screening, you could, you could detect, they say the most common types of cancer. Um, the, the, the article says this is a promise of multi cancer early detection tests or MCEDs. This year, President Joe Biden has identified developing MSED tests as a priority for the cancer moonshot as a U.S. $1.8 billion federal effort to reduce the cancer death rate and improve the quality of life for cancer survivors and those living with cancer. Because the, mm. earlier, can, the earlier you can detect it, the, the better chance you have of surviving. And in some cases, it's really hard to detect when it's, you know, you got to go digging down deep in the body and there's no symptoms for it. And sometimes they only only detect some of these when it's starting to impact other systems. Like, hey, your kidneys are When it's it's really obvious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You got other systems failing because this thing has been taking over your system for so long because there was no way to detect it. So- I'm I'm all for this. I hope this actually uh, gets some funding and, and the research goes the way they have. As a cancer survivor, I am all for this. So maybe Craig won't have to get, you know, 12 pokes to verify he's got <laughs> prostate cancer someday. Well, I've known lots of people that were <clears throat> impacted by cancer and they're no longer with us. So if they got some early scan- screening, yep. could have been a different story. Yep. So. Yep. John the Jr. says, I hope they get this one to work. I do too. Okay, and finally, I wasn't quite sure what to make of this article. It's fascinating from a space standpoint, but I'm not sure what's the impact on me. From cosmosmagazine.com, we've detected neutrinos from a distant galaxy in an Antarctica observatory. So neutrinos are particles that have no mass, they have no charge, and they go right through like the entire planet without interacting with anything. So how do you detect them? Well, it's a good thing that there's lots of them. Right. To the tune of billions per second going through your body. And through that, they found out some way to detect them. And they have one of these detection stations buried under, what is it, like two kilometers of ice in Antarctica? It's, it's yeah. nuts. Uh, 2,450 meters, it says on the diagram. Thank you, Mr. Science. (laughs) 
meters. And what they've detected is neutrinos coming from NGC 1068. That's not a Starfleet ship call sign. It sure does look like it when you were trying to... No, it's also known as Messier 77 or the Squid Galaxy. And you've probably seen this in some Hubble photographs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is 47 million light years away. And neutrinos can go pretty much close to the speed of light. So plus or minus a little bit on that 47 million years ago, some of these neutrinos left that galaxy and came our way. So we are just getting bombarded by these from all directions, from all space and time. So that's what I got out of this article. Anything else from you? No, uh, I I have no more thoughts. Okay. Ever? (laughs) I'm done for today. I'm done for the day. Noting on calendar, (laughs) November 6th, Craig has no more thoughts. Yes. All right. So we are done with the news, which means we're going into the Hacks of Strange Stories for one strange story. A man has come up with a the world's largest exoskeleton, and yeah, do, I'll I'll put that on the screen if you want. Okay, sure. So let's do just for our, our viewers at home, and then we'll describe it here. Sure. It looks kind of fun, like like it'd be fun to ride. It looks like it looks rather clunky to me. Here we'll even or actually, it looks like something you'd sell in the movie Aliens. Like, uh, Reaver Worse than that. Let, oh, let me mute this. There we go. Okay. Canadian-born artist and mechanical engineer, he built this thing. It's like it's a a pentaped, five-legged. It looks kind of wobbly as he's walking around in this thing. And it looks wobbly, but it's but it's actually looks stable at the same time. He said, "I want I want to make a new sport." He didn't realize <laughs> at the time that he was building this world's largest uh, uh, mech suit, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, until the Guinness people call him and went, how big is it? And they go, well, you're yeah. the current winner. It's so big. And he says, no, I want to make a, a sport about racing these things. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, that might be interesting from the standpoint. That it's not just a speed race, but it's also getting over obstacles and performing tasks and and things of that nature. So, yeah, take take this big mech suit and put this thread through the eye of a needle. Yeah, right. <laughs> See how long it takes you. That's right. <laughs> so, you know this th- you know what this thing reminds me of? Here I'm, I'm going to share this picture. Um it reminds me a little bit of Brad wants to make that thing street legal in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. It almost looks like one of those things. Helmet's not beach. required. What do you call that? The uh, I forget. Oh, the name that of was thing. that big sailing thing that can walk, right? Yeah, but yeah, people make these all the time, and the, yeah, it's, it's wind powered, mm-hmm. but it's a machine, and it'll start walking down the beach. That's a lot moving. of levers and pulleys and whatnot on that thing. Yeah, we talked about this one before. But anyway, that mech reminded me of that, or made me think of that. This looks like the thing you showed me. It looks like it's made out of matchsticks, and you could blow it over. Yeah, um, Adam Savage had these little models that were made after some of these mm-hmm. you, they're small uh so you can like make them on your desk but you can push them and you can see them they'll move like that uh like just like the ones on the beach it's kind of cool all right should we go into what's next oh the uh shout out to the chat room which we've been shouting out for a while uh, we've yeah. got uh clinton alvord here thank you very much john miller jr 
Amy Bone was hanging out with us a little bit before. Did we miss it? Brad Miller. Someone's it's kind of funny. Someone's there, but they're oh, Mike Robison, Robison, <laughs> still adapting. Oh, I know, still reprogramming. So sorry, man. You can join us Sunday nights at nine thirty Eastern time. Even though you changed your clocks, it's still the same time for you guys. And if you're in Arizona, it's now seven thirty. Or Hawaii, it's four thirty. So you figure it out. We'll still be here, or you can watch us online later. We'd love to see you online. Like you said, the chat kind of cracking us up tonight. Or maybe we're, yeah, already, no. we're already crying. Maybe they should be doing the podcast. We'll just sit there and screen share the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's been tried. No. Especially if nobody showed up. That would be kind of slow. Right. Okay. Uh, remember when. We have a remember when. In here. Yeah. So, and this music is appropriate for this one, too, even though we're not going to play it too yeah. long. We get busted for this. From Gizmodo, we have 42 visions for the world of tomorrow. Because this, this is an, this is an uh, admittedly an older article, but some of these sounded. Oh, from 2015. Yeah, I just saw the published yeah. date on this. But well, I just thought I thought some of these were funny. There was an area from 1958 to about 1963 that uh, they describe as, if not a golden age of American futurism, possibly the golden age of American futurism. From the time he had NASA just getting started to when, well, when the Jetsons ended in 1963. Can you believe the Jetsons? I thought the Jetsons were on until the mid-60s, but uh, they list 42, no coincidence on that number, I'm believing, 42 different things that were predicted in that time of futurism by the magazine Closer Than We Think. Okay, so what are some of your favorites in here. We're not going to go through all of them. Oh, I just had I just had one. It was uh oh the jetpack mailman, the postal delivery worker of the future wolf uh, would get his very own jetpack. It's just too bad he he didn't see the whole electronic email thing come on. Yeah, and I wish they the the links they have to some of these didn't really pan out with you know the pictures and whatnot that i was hoping for but they do they, yeah they, they each each of these lists links to a deeper article with some more explanation um oh, I, I like number seven go. the flying carpet car <laughs> the future was supposed to be filled with cars and fly that fly and hover but the big question is a flying carpet car it, it, it poses it poses it seems to be where the brakes would be it's like what <laughs> seriously how do you stop a flying a hovering car like that flying carpet yeah uh here's something i did want really bad when i was a kid was um one of the watch tvs from cat was it cast you know cieco uh everybody was wondering if smart watches and other wearables were the next big thing that remains to be seen in the wake of google glass see this is an older article uh but I know, I know. When I was a kid, I wanted one of those uh, watches that had the TV on it. But the tuner—it was a wire. There was a wire going from it to a tuner that would go on your belt. I really wanted those. I thought it was cool. Well, technically, you could watch Netflix on something like an Apple Watch or a Samsung Galaxy or whatever. But it would be so small; it just wouldn't give you that well experience yeah. that you're looking for. Well, watching TV, no, but 
Well, on my watch, I can open up the camera app and monitor the camera on my phone to take a picture. So and that's you, okay. So but, you take the yeah. camera and you aim it at your big screen TV and then you can watch it. <laughs> yes. I wasn't talking about it quite like that, but I was thinking of <laughs> selfies, but yes, yeah, you could. Uh, you could. I'm still waiting for weather control. That's there's a lot of stuff about spacing here too, the uh, the jet scalator, the, the uh, snow melter, the snow melter, <laughs> <Yeah>. Anno- <laughs> annoying stuff that you know you got to worry about when you live in Minnesota. Uh, the all-seeing eye police department, they're already out. You know you've got traffic yeah. on every corner. Big Brother's watching. Uh, let's see, Motopia. Concept is rather ironically named, but Motopia was supposed to be a pedestrian's paradise, moving sidewalks and cars segregated from the pedestrian level traffic. Actually sounds like a pretty cool setup. It sounds like what their their vision for the Segway, remember? Well, no, the, the they, they said it was gonna rent they said the Segway was gonna revolutionize cities. Yeah. yeah but they no still had to cross the streets. The... Do what? They still had to yeah, cross they still had to cross the streets at intersections. This is segregating those two. Yeah, they they really oversold. So now, as cool as the Segway was, I think they oversold it for that kind of thing. Forget daylight saving time. We've got twenty four hour daylight, which sounds like an episode of Twilight Zone or Black <laughs> yeah. Mirror. It sounds wonderful. That's great. actually uh, that. At one time, I was in Alaska. It was like eleven thirty at night. Yes, but it looked like early evening, you know, I was like, Oh, what time is it? Holy crap. It's 1130. <laughs> just weird. Right. So segways just made people look more dorky. <laughs> yeah, I did. I think. Yep. And they said, go to Alaska in the summer. Yeah. Go to Alaska in the summer. It's even more depressing when you go there in the winter. Hey, does it ever get light out here? Yes. From 12 to 1202. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Get out and do your shopping, and then come back That's and right. shovel. All right. Thank you very much for uh, that, Craig. And thank you to our patrons. Woohoo! You are the ones who make this possible. And I'm going to tell you, frankly, the, uh, the t shirts have been sent out. I, I showed them to you last week, but I'm wearing, right. I am the, I'm wearing the 2022 $5 patron shirt. It's not how much it costs, it's how much. How much, if you donate that, and you get one of these, you got to donate for like more than six months, because i tell you that the shipping will offset the cost of that right there. <laughs> but uh, right. we have a few people that are getting these, and Craig and I are going to be wearing them proudly wherever we go. So look for that. Oh, wait. It's yeah. not on. No, okay. not yet. Yours are in the mail. I tell All you, right. They went out this week. So we're going to have many happy patrons, including... Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Avner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dan Deman Coyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, happy birthday, Yorgos Rowan, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Mike Wills, Paul Mackey, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshy, Steve Therian, Steve Cody, Steve London, and Tim Cook. Thank you very much to all of you. You keep things going. We've got our end-of-year expenses coming up, like, in a few days. It's time to pay the StreamYard bill for the next year. And we can do that with your help. Thank you very much. 
And we've got uh, a couple others. Like we we give a donation to Wikipedia because our On This Day in History segment comes from them. I'll be right. uh, slightly altered and badly pronounced, but that's all original source material from them. So give them a buck a week for that. And, and your yeah. donations help with that. So if you want to become part of the Patreon, Patreon group, you can go over to patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. Patreons are the salted caramel on a perfectly made salted caramel latte. <laughs> Craig and I are the mud underneath. Yeah, we're the grounds that made it through. The sediment on the bottom. <laughs> all right, put that patron link on the screen, Craig, so the people watching right. can also find out. That's it. Patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And right after we get done recording this, we record the Patreon show. Where Craig and I just kind of hang out and float around like the spaceman on the t-shirt. That's right. Just chilling out. And give you something to think about. And we got something to think about this week. But before we do that, we are going to get into our... Hand me the remote. Pass me the remote. Something like that. Tell you a little bit about what we've been watching for movies and TV this week. That's right. I'm going to start out with one on Netflix called The Cabinet of Curiosities. This is a Guillermo del Toro production and he comes out at the beginning of every episode and does this little announcement or kind of a prelude to the show um i will say hitchcock did it's like how ever i know yeah yeah, i guess i guess you're right in that respect although i could understand alfred a little bit better than i can understand what guillermo is saying yeah a little bit that's yeah you need the i like it but yeah you're right you need the closed caption or something yes you do come on (laughs) Many think buffet or buffet. Like, whoa, I think he's speaking some language off of Star Wars. Oh, a super talented uh, director. Oh, but, heck uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking. The, the shows yeah. are great. This is, an, this is an anthology, so it's not a continuation. Um, many of them are, are very dark. <laughs> In fact, all of them are probably pretty dark. I think so. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So if you're if you like that kind of stuff. And not a, not all of them um, have closure. Let's just say there, there's a couple that I went. I would have gone like one more scene on that. <laughs> well, it's to make you think. Some of those stories. That's what Alfred Hitchcock was was doing. I think it. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a very much in the similar vein. Yeah. However, it is a lot darker than Alfred Hitchcock was. Yeah, and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, Hitchcock was pretty over the top he was like the stephen king for his day yes all right what have you got um let's see i oh something i've been looking forward to for however long i don't i don't even i don't even know how long it was uh was the weird uh weird the al yankovic story which was on the roku channel i didn't put that on here roku and it's for free you can watch it for free and uh i thought it was was great. Uh, the last part of it was a little different in some spots than I expected, but very much in the vein of Weird Al. Uh, so they're not only making fun of his life, there's nuggets of truth to his life throughout the whole thing, but it's all fictional. The whole thing is, is at the same time, very fictional. Uh, and it has, uh, like for example, um, the whole Madonna storyline. She's a prominent part of the story, but, uh, from what I gather, Weird Al actually said, 
he's only met her a couple of times in real life. <laughs> so, so I don't even know that they really know each other uh, beyond that, but it's things like that. Uh, and I love that first scene, which you can kind of see in the trailer where he's coming up with his first parody, you know, and it's, it's like coming to him almost like a, not the beautiful mind thing with the numbers, but he's just staring and he's coming to him and his friends are uh, kind of getting into it. Anyway, it was a fun, fun, fun documentary. They make fun of the documentaries that you normally see any documentary style as well as his life. So yes, it was a lot of fun. All right. And speaking of nuggets of real stories or nuggets of true stories, uh, mm-hmm. I watched the Enola Holmes two on Netflix this yes. is the second in a series starring Millie Bobby Brown and many others, uh, many, many others. Uh, Henry Cavill. J- we watched, Donna and I, before we watched the second one, we went back and watched the first one again last night just to kind of refresh. I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember. And then, uh, you know, remembered a whole bunch of details and whatnot that fed into the second one because they do have a couple of callbacks that are rather deep. Yes. And if you, it, some of them that aren't even verbal, it's like, oh, if we hadn't watched that last night, we would have totally missed it because they went, boom. You know, in the first one, she she needs a disguise and she usually tells a boy, hey, I'll give you five pounds for your clothes or to swap to swap outfits with you. And she's usually in a dress, you know. That's right. Well, yeah. there was one in the second one where where they just went really fast. You see this boy and the next thing you see him wearing a dress going, Oh, yeah. I know what happened there. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of looking at himself. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> so, yeah. But we watched it last night as well. This is, this is very and good. We, it's based on it. a true story. And it says right in the beginning, it says, not all of this is true. Just the important parts. And like, right. okay. So that kind of set the tone. And when mm-hmm. you get to the end, you realize, Oh, this is a very true story about uh, hazardous work conditions. This is the first time women stood up for women. So it was, yes. it was like, whoo. Now, obviously, you know, I'm sure they glorified a good part of it and put a whole you know, Sherlock Holmes mystery case around it. Yeah, but it, the message but is the same. It was, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the second one. Yeah. And, uh, Henry and, Cavill is Sherlock. He did yeah. a great job. Uh, I, I like him. Bellatrix kinda... was strange as her mom. <laughs> right. Uh, let's right. see. Uh, <laughs> Their mom. He, he, yeah. uh, not Hagrid. Uh, the, the, the dude from Harry Potter that turns into a werewolf. Lupin. Lupin oh, is yeah. in there. Uh, so, you know, there's a whole bunch of recognizable faces you'll see going, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, now I forgot uh, what else I was going to say, but there's, I oh uh, Millie Bobby Brown is one of the producers on this, and like she's only eighteen and she's a producer on this show, and it's just fantastic to watch what's happened to her career in the last yeah. uh, you know eight or so years. Yeah, I actually hope that they make a th- another one because this this was a uh, so much it was fun to watch. It was uh, number uh, one on Netflix movies you know, this weekend, so it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they get the message. righty. as we come up to the end of the show. Uh, We have one more in here that's from the Geek Library. (laughs) I thought this was hilarious. Yeah, it makes me wonder a few things. So I'm going to get a screen share up there. I'm just going to 
Maybe let this video roll. A 3,000-pound sarcophagus. Oh, hit play again. I don't think I played. And I didn't play in full screen either. 3,000. It's a, it's a time-lapse thing of this 3,000-pound sarcophagus to encase a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> All right. Hey, and the video goes through. That's well-used manpower right there. Who funded this? That's what I want to know because he's got concrete. He's making the form. And then he... Looks like he's got a shop to he, make that he, kind of he stuff. Builds, so. He builds... Yeah, he's forming the rebar to reinforce this. Yeah. Then he pours the concrete into the form, throughout the rebar, bags and bags of quickcrete. Then, of course, he seals it up because concrete is porous. You want to make sure that it... You, you know, you're... And at the end, he's got a... He, he just gets this bag of flaming hot Cheetos, throws them on the counter like, yeah, this was the cheapest part of the whole thing. Yeah. There's no narration to this. It's a TikTok video like... Uh, and and they laser etch into the surface of the the top of the sarcophagus. I'm not sure how they sealed the top to the bottom. Uh, they didn't really explain that. And and then they put gold leaf lettering on it that explains what's in the Cheetos. And the Cheeto, the bag of Cheetos, is in a a, a block of lucite and then suspended by cable in the middle of this sarcophagus and then buried out somewhere. It says, "Don't open this for ten thousand years." Yeah, it was better. the way they suspended. It was. It wasn't just suspend, suspended. It was enclosed in a case with resin. Yeah, that's why I said in a block of lucite or resin. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, but what's funny is you'd have to tear it all apart to get to it. Right to find out what's inside, but you know it's going to be well preserved. <laughs> all right, you can see yeah. they're putting on the gold lettering, and then, <laughs> <laughs> then they there's the Cheetos. Yeah, here's your Cheetos. Just there's it. Yeah. Puts it and closes it in, chamfers the edge, drills it, puts some eyes in there, and then suspends this thing almost like a gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so do you think you could have read writing from 10,000 years ago? We could barely read hieroglyphics until recently, until somebody well, found a Rosetta Stone. When they open it up, they can just read the back of the bag. Well, you're going to have to know what it is. I mean, when you open the sarcophagus, right? You can look at the the bag, yeah, and know what. Uh, what would you know? You can't read, right? I'm I'm not. What did he not write the uh what the ingredients or the he he wrote the well, ingredients on the cover of the sarcophagus? But what I'm yes. saying is, will people be able to understand our language in ten thousand years? Oh, our language. Then again, I, if you read the back of a bag of Cheetos hey, for the ingredients, I don't no understand my language in this today. No one can understand what's written on the back of there. Dimextro, testro, thestro, final. Like, Red dye number five. What? We got loaded that, that 8,000 years ago. But what's funny is he, he puts on the plaque that says don't open in t for 10,000 right. years. So <laughs> again, I want to know who funded this thing. Was there audio in here or was I just messing with it let's see i don't think that's so. it i don't hope you liked it. it okay there was i got to the end of that's it hope you liked it good timing there charles that's right. <laughs> it is right oh man oh you can see our show notes how about that which must thank mean you. thank goodness it wasn't cursive <laughs> then nobody'd be able to read it <laughs> i know <clears throat> that's pretty funny our question of the week for you for next time is what are books every person should read at least once Hmm. Good question. I can name questions you shouldn't ever read. 
<laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Everybody should read that once. I don't know. I, when the you, Hobbit. The Hobbit. When, when we say one. everybody, are we talking about everyone on the planet? Hmm. I don't know. See, I don't think hitchhikers would go over well in, you know, like Indonesia. <laughs> How do you know? They have a Are you Indonesian? Different culture, different set of values. I've learned a lot about Indonesia culture the last few weeks. I bet you have. I bet I have. With all the preservatives in Cheetos, it would have lasted about four billion years. Hey, just sitting on the shelf. <laughs> so much. It would have. Some, it someone, that long just they're, gonna, they're gonna get this b- thing in the loose site and go best if opened before oh i'm not opening this <laughs> right it's turned toxic all right that brings us to the end of the show we're gonna post that question of the week on social media see what you think about that and uh, get your responses and put them into the next show which will hopefully be in one week's time i'm not going anywhere are you going anywhere Mm, not this week. All right, then we'll be live again on Sunday the 13th. Join us 9.30 Eastern time for that. Get in touch with us. You can call us on the listener line or send us that feedback to the question of the week or anything else you've got to comment on. It is International Technorama Voicemail Month through the month of That's November. That's right. 707. Put that contact information up there, Craig, so they can get it. Put it oh, on your speed I mean, dial. Thought... It should be like, hey, Google, call Technorama. And it'll go 707-530-2428. Or send us an email, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear from you. All That's right. right. Till next time, everybody stay safe, take care, and Craig's going to give us a big binary high five, right? All right. 101. There you go. Binary high five. <laughs>